Coming into the body again, as we've been doing over and over again these past five days. And noticing how it is now. What's the quality of the energy in the body? Maybe we're a bit worn out from the preparations for departure. Maybe we're a bit restless with excitement or anxiety about speaking again. Just noticing how it is And the same with the mind. We might find at this point that there's more energy to the thinking process. More emotional draw into thoughts. Probably things don't feel quite like they did yesterday morning at the same time. Which is perfectly natural. Circumstances are changing. Conditions are changing, both around us and within us. And so our experience changes. We may need to dial out the mindfulness to a coarser focus. Picking up on uh, more gross, larger scale experiences. The overall feeling of sitting general awareness of the busyness of the mind. And there's still our old friend, the heating system. That doesn't change. (laughs) Many of you we know have questions about taking the practice from here back into our daily lives. And that begins right now, just by continuing to be willing, to be interested, to be open, to noticing how things are. Without hanging on to any ideals or preconceptions or expectations about what we ought to be seeing or how we ought to be seeing it. But just patiently continuing to notice how things are right now.
might notice that the mind is wandering off more or more compelled by the thought trains that pass by. That's okay. Conditions are changing. When we come to, we just notice. We can always come back into the body. The body is our trusty ally on the path of mindfulness. There might be some aversion arising in the mind. 
Oh gosh, do we really have to sit again? Aren't we done with this already? <laughs> or it was so nice yesterday and calm and peaceful and today it's a mess. Right there in those thoughts and feelings is the next thing to pay attention to. We don't have to buy into that voice of Mara. There's no reason why we can't just be aware of this too. Or if there's craving in the mind, fantasizing about the delights to come in the outside world. I'm heading straight to the closest Starbucks, it's gonna be great. (laughs) Right there is the next thing to be aware of. There's so much freedom in realizing that we don't have to change anything that the mind or body is doing. Awareness is always available.
How are things right now? So we wanted to share some general comments about coming out of retreat, and then we'll open it up for whatever questions you might have. So I usually think of coming on a residential retreat like this as really three retreats for the price of one. So you may not have noticed it, but there was a whole pre-retreat retreat, which starts from the moment that we you know, tap the button on the screen or put the envelope into the mailbox and we know we're coming. <laughs> and there's everything that goes through the mind in terms of anticipation, fear, excitement, anxiety, everything that comes up around uh, coming here and doing this. Those days before the retreat of, you know, the busyness of getting ready and try to make, make sure we've got everything all set. That's a whole... Uh, experience in itself that over the years I've come to appreciate what can be learned (laughs) during that time, that period of getting ready to be on retreat, knowing that I'm going to be on retreat and everything that the mind does with that. And then there's the actual retreat, what we've been doing here, we come and we do that. And then there's there's also a post-retreat retreat, retreat, (laughs) the kind of the coming down from being in retreat, which will start very soon when we ring the bell and the, the silence ends, this precious silence which we may have um, dreaded, may have felt really uncomfortable and bizarre <laughs> while we were in it, but which maybe, you know, we've come to really cultivate a taste for over these past days. So for a retreat of this length, um, this post-retreat retreat period might last maybe a few days, maybe a week, And this can also be a very rich time, observing the breaking down, the dissipating, the the dissolution of everything that we've cultivated, everything that we've built during our time here. 
It's common to have a certain amount of euphoria (laughs) when the silence breaks and the discipline comes to an end. And we're not putting that pressure on ourselves to be mindful, mindful, mindful every moment. (laughs) This can be a delightful time because there is that um, continuity, there is that momentum. We can really feel that when we come out of the formal retreat. Everything that we've been doing doesn't just come to a hard stop. There's still the momentum that carries on of a certain amount of concentration, certain amount of natural awareness, certain amount of open-heartedness. It still goes on without us even trying. So we may find that when the silence breaks and we start looking around each other and we go back out into the world, that we are experiencing things in a much fuller way. Things feel really rich. We feel like we're very much in the flow of things. Everything's very vivid. Everything's very vibrant. We might find that uh, we're connecting with other people in a much more open-hearted, meaningful kind of way than we might normally. Um, So we just want to reassure you that that's okay. (laughs) It's okay to feel happy when we come out of retreat. It's okay to recognize the beauty in the world when we stop the formal exercise of being mindful. And we generally are more able to take that in when we come out of retreat because of the state that the mind is in. This is really useful to notice and to to recognize. It gives us a little flavor of what it might be like to live in the world in a somewhat more enlightened way. With, with a greater sensitivity, greater sense of connection, greater sense of delight. Gives us a little flavor of that when we come out of retreat and the mind is in a, a more beautiful place. There's more wholesome mental states present. So take that in. You know, notice how you feel different from your or- ordinary way of being and maybe in the next few hours or the next day or a couple of days. It gives us a taste of what's possible, what's, what's the potential of this practice. The flip side of that, though, is that because we come out more sensitive, more open, our our skin has really gotten thinner while we've been doing this, even if we are not aware of it, where we may be very aware of it, (laughs) but even if we're not aware of it, we've gotten more sensitive while we've been here. We've let down, you know, at least some and possibly many of our normal um, protection devices, our normal um, defenses that we have emotionally. So along with the euphoria, the delight that we may feel, there may also be a certain amount of overwhelm, like just feeling like, oh, this is great, but it's, it's just a little too much. <laughs> and that's also very normal. So we may find in these next couple of days that we feel kind of tired, you know, just a little, it's a little bit much for our nervous systems to take, both physically and mentally. So we might think, oh yeah, I'm going to go out, I'm going to, you know, go for my usual run or go to a party, see all my friends, you know, things like that, um, and be somewhat surprised to find that, oh, that actually feels like it's, it's a bit much for us right now. So to the extent that it's possible, we recommend that um, you take it a little easy in these, da- these first couple days after retreat. It can be hard this time of year. You know, many of us are heading to family and the holidays, and there's things we have to do. Um, but just to the extent possible, maybe we just sneak away to our room for half an hour and just lie down <laughs> and take a little mindfulness break. That's funny. Here we feel like we need a break from the mindfulness <laughs> once we go out from a retreat. But we might actually feel like we just need a little quiet time, chill out, breathe, relax. So just to keep in mind that that's 
Um, that's normal. That's to be expected. That doesn't mean that there's any problem. It's actually kind of nice coming out of retreat this time of year because we can give those around us the gift of the beautiful qualities of heart and mind that we've cultivated. People may actually look at us and say, what happened there? <laughs> you know, what were you doing there? Did, they have, did you get facials? You know, did they have a spa there? <laughs> As we, we come out, when, and when, when you break silence now and you, you look around at each other, notice this. You know, the people's faces are bright. There's that brightness of presence and awareness that doesn't come from a facial. <laughs> it, just, it comes from within. And other people may notice that also. So that's something we can offer. We might want to be a little selective about the media that we take in coming out of retreat. That can be particularly overwhelming right now. <laughs> we might want to be careful about how much screen time that we have initially and kind of work our way back up to our, our normal level of screen time. So, you know, because we're so sensitive and not really quite in our normal frame of mind when we come out of retreat, um, it's a famously bad time to make big decisions, which, which <laughs> it may be tempting to do, because as you've seen, for a lot of us, we get quiet, we get in touch with ourselves, and we may have some real insight about some toxic, toxic situation or a toxic relationship or just something that needs doing you know, kind of in our lives, in our relationships, in our work, um, we strongly encourage you to wait a little bit. <laughs> wait until you feel a little bit more normal, especially right now, coming out into the end of the year, the holidays, wait until the new year would be a good <laughs> guideline, until things have all settled down a little bit, you can take a little stock, um, because we don't always have, um, we're not always in the, the best place to really act on the insights that arise here immediately out of retreat. Give yourselves time to get back to a little bit more of a normal space and then consider, then reflect. What do we want to do with that new information that we have? It can be very useful information, but we want to just take it a little easy, <laughs> exercise some discretion. So there's this initial period of uh, coming out of retreat, re-entry back into our normal lives, which will probably include both high points and low points. And then there's the gradual fading away of the effects of the retreat, the effects of the concentration. So that different way of seeing that we've cultivated here with that heightened awareness, that heightened sensitivity, the greater openness of heart, the greater sense of tranquility, all of that will start to fade away. And we can expect that uh, within a day, a couple days, maybe a week after the end of the retreat, we're going to feel basically the same as we felt before we got here. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, so this can be when the, the Dharma blues set in. <laughs> there can be some post-retreat de depression. There can be this feeling of, oh no, it's gone. It didn't last. It must not have worked, or I didn't do it right, or I didn't really get it, or you know, there's some problem. I messed up. So we're telling you so that you'll know <laughs> this is how it goes. We cultivate all these beautiful qualities of mind on retreat. We enjoy them because of the momentum, the, the effort we put into them for a certain time after the retreat, and then they fade away, and we return more or less to our baseline way of being in the world. 
So all of those nice effects of the retreat that we tend to notice, uh, greater calm, greater sensitivity, greater connection, those are primarily due to the increased level of concentration that we're cultivating here. Most of those are concentration effects. And when we leave here, we won't be making the same effort. We won't be spending as much time concentrating and focusing on the present moment. So seeing how that fades away can be hopefully a great motivation for either beginning or continuing or expanding a formal practice in our daily lives. (laughs) Because it turns out that um, just doing a little bit of formal meditation practice, and it's interesting, the research shows just even just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day, right? We can do that with our eyes closed, right? <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I mean, even I can do that with my kids and, and everything else, you know? 15 minutes a day. That has m- a measurable effect on the brain. You know, they're, they're doing all this fascinating research now on physiological f- effects of this mindfulness practice. 15 minutes a day is enough to rewire the brain so that there's a higher level of baseline concentration in our lives and all the wonderful effects that come with that. Feeling more relaxed, feeling more connected, feeling more settled, feeling more focused. You know, those of us that do this practice primarily for stress reduction, that's the reason that it works, is because of the the higher baseline concentration that's present in the mind. So the the takeaway is we see the nice effects of the retreat fading away is, oh no, it didn't work. But let me start to sit 15 minutes a day, you know, or 30 minutes a day if, if we've been doing 15. Let me bring this more into being an intentional and a regular part of my life. So what is a reliable refuge? You know, if the concentration goes, those nice dharma effects go, what is it, what is it that we get to keep when we come out from retreat? And this is something for each of us to reflect on. After the retreat is when we have a chance to consider it. Okay, what happened? <laughs> what, was, what was that all about? We encourage you not to think about it here while you're in the midst of it, but afterwards, for sure, we want to think about it and reflect. You know, what do I know now about myself, about my life, about being human that I didn't know before? You know, that's what we get to keep, is the wisdom, the insight. And often that continues to evolve. So we might have a certain understanding, uh, positive, negative, (laughs) indifferent of this experience in that initial period after we come out from the retreat. Um, But to hold that a little lightly, because we have to recognize that that will probably evolve, you know, as we continue through our lives, as we continue to walk this path. So those first early retreat experiences that I had 20-some years ago, Um, My understanding now, with a lot of hindsight, (laughs) of where those fit into my life, where they fit into my path, is a lot different from where they were at the time. I can see different things in them that were going on that I didn't realize at the time. So so to to take stock of what went on here and also to keep an open mind. We don't know how our path is going to unfold. We don't know where this might fit in in the long run. So again, shortly, we're going to break the silence and you all have a chance to look around at each other's radiant faces and to connect with the people that you want to connect with, maybe the friends that you came with. You might see how different they look. (laughs) This can be very interesting. Or friends that you kind of got to know each other through your socks over the course of the retreat or (laughs) passing the colander in the kitchen and 
uh, or, or in your um, discussion groups, were, which were wonderful and rich on this retreat. So you have a chance to connect with e- each other, and we encourage you to do that. This is a great place to make connections. You know, uh, it's, it's uh, really helpful to have uh, Dharma friends on this path, to have people that really get it. And here is a room full of people that get it. You know, so if there's someone that you've made a nice connection with here, you feel like you're kind of on the same wavelength, exchange email addresses, phone numbers, whatever it is. And um, this is the way that we start to build our, our network of Dharma friends around the country, around the globe, and uh, to begin to, to have those people in our lives that we can touch base with who really get it. <coughs> but it's important also to um, pace yourself. So um, it's not necessary to have a deep, meaningful conversation with everyone here on retreat. <laughs> That's going to be exhausting. So kind of you know, get a sense of where you are. If you're an introvert, don't feel like you have to talk and talk and talk to everybody. You know, choose, a, choose a few people that you want to connect with, get the voice going again, you know, have some nice conversations, and then it's fine to go back and just be quiet, finish cleaning up the room, packing up. Um, so pace yourself according to what uh, you know, your system uh, tends to tolerate. Uh, if you're an extrovert, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> <laughs> because there may be that desire really to talk to everyone and it can get the energy can get just really up and kind of manic so watch out for that make sure you take a deep breath keep coming back down into the body grounding yourself stay here <laughs> when we get out from retreat um, it's very natural to want to share our experiences here to talk about what went on here and people will probably ask us, you know, our friends, our family, our coworkers will ask us, well, how was that retreat that you went on? <laughs> they don't want to hear a blow by blow of that day <laughs> that you spent wrestling with your childhood trauma. They really don't. <laughs> um, you know, we come out from retreat and just all the dramas uh, of what's been going on here, they're so immediate for us still you know they're so powerful and we want to you know we might want to get that out and share it but it's important to be a little careful um years ago one of the first retreats that i came on this this question came up at the end of retreat and joseph goldstein you know one of the founding fathers of the center his answer was when i come out from retreat and people ask me how it went i say great And 99.9% of the time, that is all that is required. Because <laughs> most people, you know, unless, unless they've done this, is it, is it really possible to even explain what went on here? And do they really want to know? Mostly they want to know that you haven't been sucked into some horrible cult, <laughs> that you're still sane, you know, you're still the same person you used to be. So um, our advice is to err on the side of less rather than more. And then there may be a few people that really have a genuine interest. You know, sometimes we do have friends or possibly a family member <laughs> who really has their own sincere interest in doing something like this or exploring, you know, their minds uh, more or their lives more. And usually can, you can tell because they'll keep asking. They'll ask more than once and they'll ask in more specific ways. You know, they'll have more spe- specific, particular things that they want to know about. So then we can share a little bit. Um, I find it best to stick to just what I'm really clear about, you know, so there's a lot of terrain we can get into on this retreat. Um, if people have questions that they ask us, we might just want to stick to the things that were were clear to us about what went on here, not the things that are so, I'm not sure what was really going on there. 
um, stick to the things that are fairly straightforward. And we also want to take care to, to protect our practice. So speaking about our practice is a very powerful thing. You know, if we're talking to someone and maybe we decide to share something really deep, something really important, something really uh, emotional that came up for us here, and we put that out there and the person has a reaction of, yeah, really? <laughs> you know, or, hmm, I don't know, I don't know, that sounds kind of weird. You know, if somebody has a reaction like that to something that was very important to us here, then that can, you know, that can hurt our heart, that can hurt our faith. So to, to be careful about, you know, to consider what we want to share and who we want to share it with and when we want to share it. Again, it might be better to wait a little bit, you know, wait a couple of weeks till things have settled down a little bit and then talk to our partner, our best friend and really, you know, open our hearts a little bit more about what went on here. So be careful, protect your heart with speech. Speech is a very powerful thing. So I think that's good for um, general comments and we'll uh, open it up to whatever questions you might have. Let's just check the microphone. Can you all hear? Clear? Good? Yes, at the back. Uh, oh, Can you? Because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. I might get it wrong. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.